Hey gang, it's Haya. I play Brianna. If you didn't know, after 198 episodes. Anyway, I just wanted to poke you guys at the top of the show um, for a quick trigger warning. Uh, we don't do these terribly often, but we felt it was necessary to do so. So if you have an aversion or a phobia to creepy crawlies, I would skip the end of the episode starting at minute 33:35. So 33 minutes, 35 seconds. Not to put too many spoilers at the top of the show for folks who are able to listen on, but the gang are faced with something with far too many legs and learn about it and they have to deal with it. So you're not missing much, not missing much at all. Please protect your mental health and we hope you come back to us next week and I will give you timestamps to when whatever they're dealing with is done so you can jump back in. Alrighty, thank you so much and on to the show! Welcome to the 198th episode of the Crack Die Podcast. Wow. So close to 200. Yeah. So close. Hey, Sean, I screwed up about 56 episodes ago. Can we start over? <laughs> okay. Hmm. You all arrive in Breach Hill at the Call of Heroes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Wait, he was there? Nothing like rewriting history. Hang on. Creeping on us from the backgrounds. Right? Yeah, little did you guys know, but in the backgrounds of every episode before they officially joined, Ooh and Knife Sword have been there. <laughs> huh. We've been running our own adventure, okay? <laughs> yep. You don't get this good looking without magic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're very close to episode 200 and we're fairly close to finishing this book. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like those things aren't going to be at the same time, right? Like we're not going to finish this book in two episodes. No, I'll tell you what. If you guys can finish this book in two episodes, I'll buy everyone a pizza and give a pizza party. Oh, pizza party. When I was in grad school, we actually had a band called Pizza Party. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Me and Haya, Haya and I went to the same graduate college. And one of our classes was to create a band and do presentations. And my band was called Pizza Party. Oh, my God. That's right. And we were amazing. Shout out to Pizza Party. Is that when like they over exceed? their ticket sales but they don't make any more money they just get a pizza party yeah <laughs> i don't know but we promised if we promised each other at the end of this class we were all gonna have beers and have a pizza party and we sure as shit did and it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome i must have missed the name when you presented yourselves i don't know that we actually introduced ourselves i think we just like started <laughs> ready to go yeah I <laughs> I think we started to. It sounds like us. Like, did you guys have to perform music or? We did. Okay. I feel like Pizza Party would be like either a Beach Boys tribute band or like that surf rock genre. <laughs> we were eclectic. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what exactly the the assignment was, like what kind of music 
we had to do? The first assignment was to take a classical piece, get the chord structure, and then make your own tune out of that chord structure. That's right. And then it kind of expanded from there. I don't remember what the rest were. And that's when you found out all classical music is done with the same four chords. That's right, baby. (laughs) Not all. There is a band out there called Access of Awesome. And they do a song called Four Chord Song. And they have like six versions of it by now. (laughs) Yeah, it is so good. If you've not heard it, please go listen to it. I really enjoy their comedy overseas. I was going to say British, but that's kind of unfair because they have that British colonized accent, which could be Australia, England, different parts of England, all over, really. Feel like they're Australian? Yeah, I think they're Australian, not English. But aren't all Australians technically English, Backfart? Anyway. The Axis of Awesome was an Australian comedy music act with members Jordan Raskopoulos, Lee Nemo, and Benny Davis that performed from 2006 to 2018. There you go. Thank you. And to answer your question, Sean, no, not all of them, because there were indigenous people in Australia. That's true. I was going to say the Aborigines might might want to have some words with you about that comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, my, my bad. This is why white people are bad. <laughs> Fucking white people. There goes our listenership in Australia. I know we have so many. We're so sorry. We love you guys. How do you say I love you upside down? <laughs> I <don't> know. <laughs> my brain just broke. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi coming in with the non sequiturs. What? What? <laughs> I, I believe the uh, the upside down kiss in Spider-Man 1 sort of like illustrates our relationship. <laughs> down under. Are we the Spider-Man? No, no. Australia is clearly the Spider-Man. We are clearly the Mary Jane in this relationship. We need saving. <laughs> and we will kiss right side up. That's it. <laughs> as much as I want to know the answer to the riddle, I'm also like, we're here for Pathfinder. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, last time we were here, you guys managed to finish off the statues that had come alive. The 12 foot Home Depot skeleton. Yeah, the 12 foot Home Depot skeleton. And then the pale green undead thing. Bearded guy. Yeah, beardy McDead guy. You all scavenged through their bodies to see what you could find. And they had nothing, absolutely nothing, as they were all undead creatures, except for the statues, which were golems. Do you guys remember why you came here? This was supposed to be the thing to make the other path easier. The king said that the leader of the fleshy undead were this way. And if we took them out, then when we went to do whatever we're supposed to do, that I've forgotten, that the fleshy undead wouldn't be there. Is this the persuade the starved leadership to abandon the dragon ally? Is that the one? That is the next thing you have to do, but this is to make that job easier. So, good job. Wear king's clothes and go to temple. To not scare ghostly inhabitants, must go to haunted halls. I don't think we're there, are we? No, we're in like a cave or a mine of some kind. Yes, you guys had the option of either going to the haunted halls to find and be able to sneak in to the next area, or you could disrupt the leadership by confronting the leader of the starved and destroying them in their sanctum. You figured the second one would be easier. So you guys came here to the sanctum of the starved, walked in and got jumped. So now that that whole thing has finished, you may proceed and role play. What's that? (laughs) 
rolling dice. <laughs> oh, got it. So do we want to go around the creepy corner or to go down near the creepy minecart? If at all possible. I think Brianna's going to take a minute to heal herself and ooh, since we are both kind of a little bit more beat up. All right. So you guys will take 10 minutes for Brianna to heal everybody. You can heal other people too, right? Yeah. I think it's three at a time. Let me quadruple check that. Well, while Haya is double, triple checking that, Christine, what are you going to do for the next 10 minutes while Brianna heals up herself and ooh, at least? Have we searched the immediate area? Do we think there's anything worthwhile to look around for aside from the bodies? Not really. You guys kind of walked in and got jumped. Let me give you the box text because everybody loves box text for the room that you are currently in. Minecart tracks crisscross the relatively level floor of this cavern, while the walls of the place are streaked with a crusty black ribbons of gritty stone-like material. An ancient minecart lies on its side on the tracks and its contents spewing on the ground. I don't know nothing about no caves. I mean, I could look around through the minecarts, but I'm pretty okay. I think I've taken like two hit points of damage or something. It's really not that bad. All right, so you're going to go look at the minecart, which you're kind of on top of already, but you're going to dig around in there. Sure. All right. Haya, did you find out how many people you can patch up at once? I did. So I'm a master in medicine, so I can patch up up to four people. Oh, I mean, if we all want to hang around and get healed then. Yeah. Well, well if you're healing yourself, knife sword, tutel, and, and ooh, I can continue down the pathway to this minecart. Sure. All right. Well, that's a different minecart, Christine, but that's fine. You moved down there. Sorry, the other minecart is under ooze martial art. It's hard to see. I will investigate this one then, the one that's close to us. All right. And then everyone else is just going to hang out there and let Brianna heal them themselves. All right, let me make a secret perception check. All right, so Christine, as you dig around in the mine cart dust and debris, you don't really find anything. You do find some of the lazurite has been chipped off the walls and put into this. But besides of all of your footsteps and the creature's footsteps, there's a lot of dust that you've kicked up around here because... Combat will do that. Combat will do that. But other than that, it's, everything looks very dusty and dirty and gross. Interesting. Like no one's been in here for years. No living creatures have been in here for years. That makes sense. All right. And hiya. I'm waking on it. I'm waking on it. I know. It looks like you healed Ooh for 40. Hua. You healed Knife Sword for 36, but he only needed 23. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you gave Twin Talon 41, but he only needed 39. And knowing me, whenever I try and heal for myself, I critically fail. So roll very low. <laughs> Called it. Uh, it's not too bad, but um, at expert level. So that is 17 points of healing back for myself. You know, not terrible. Uh-huh. All right, so that was about 10 minutes. Soraya is all covered in dust and grossness. Did you find anything good? Just some lazarite from the walls. Nothing interesting. Doesn't seem like anyone else has set foot here in a very long time. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to dig around and pack to see if there's healing potions, because I don't think we want to waste another 10 minutes, right? Why not? You can continue to heal yourself and maybe Ooh and Soraya. Uh, you still have some damage and... Knife sword and I can look around. Sure. I can do elixirs of life. I actually have a substantial amount of my reagents because I've been using a lot of the pre-made stuff. I just know Brianna can heal all day and it doesn't cost us anything. So if she's going to keep healing, then uh, Twin Town's going to head to the south and check out whatever's in that room. All right. I will hang around for the healing this time. So Twin Talon heads to the south. 
to go look at whatever's down here. And then Heidi, what is Ooh doing? Ooh is still getting healed, no? Yes. Remember they can't move when you're being healed? Oh, yes, that's right. They can't move. Ow! Ow! Blow on it! Be tender! Oh, it's tender! Tender! Oh, God! <laughs> well, it's a good thing Soraya's here not to help. God, give me a drink first. <laughs> I'll hold Ooh's hand. <laughs> All right. So, Matt... You are in the south here, uh-huh. and several well-used pickaxes in various states of repair are scattered across the ground of this chamber. A half-filled minecart rests on tracks, while partially completed carvings of dwarven ghouls adorn the walls to the south and east. All right. I mean, Twin Towns can look around for anything else interesting. Okay. So as you dig around, uh, most of the tools on the floor here are pretty mundane, but one of them stands out as a high-grade adamantine pick. Ooh. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. That'll be useful if we have to fight golems again, probably. And it's something that, you know, given enough downtime, because I gave you guys that all the time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can melt the mithril down and make it something else, or adamantine down, and change it from a pick to something that you guys actually can wield. All right. So it looks like Brianna healed Soraya for 14. Well, for 44, but she only needed 14. She also healed herself for 44, and she healed Ooh for 41, but Ooh only needed 21. So, you know. Hooray! Everyone but Brianna is back to full. Wow. Changing an item from standard to adamantine made it go up from seven silver pieces to seven silver pieces, 14,850 gold pieces. <laughs> yeah, and it's high grade adamantine too. Yeah, that's the high grade. Yeah. So that is expensive stuff. Hot. Yeah. And that's that's all you can see down here, Matt. All right. Twin Talon will sling the pick over his shoulder and whistle as he's coming back up the tracks here. You see a small helmet with a candle in it. He says, down that way, there were some uh, carvings on the wall of undead dwarves and this cool pick. So, Brianna, maybe once we, you know, if we have to fight golems again, this might be of more use than uh, your your scimitar, possibly. Well, uh, certainly. I'll, I'll hold on to it just in case. All right. Brianna will heft it and kind of like try it out a couple times since it's a different weight and, and generally different fighting style than she's used to. She's like, okay, well, I'll try my best. Shrugs and he'll uh, lick his fingers and put the, the candle out on his helmet. <laughs> just toss that into the cart. No touch candle. The mine cart. <laughs> are we ready to explore further to the east or are we still healing? Onward! Okay. Who starts to march? Don will start headed east. Wee. And you all start whistling. And that's as far as we can take it. Yep. <laughs> Please don't get us sued by the mouse. <laughs> An empty mine track curves to the south in this large chamber, then dead ends before an entrance to a smaller cavern beyond. A half dozen bodies in varying stages of decomposition lie near this dead end. The walls of the chamber are carved with the leering visages of hundreds of undead dwarves. Someone likes undead dwarf graffiti. Why have they got to be leering? Hmm. Are these bodies fresh? There's one or two that look fairly fresh and funky, and then the rest are older and decaying. 
Uh, still uncomfortable. Can we cut off the heads of these things and just make sure that they don't come back as creepy crawlies? I'm I'm not about the zombies. Sure, be my guest. All right, start decapitating and dehandifying. All right. So as you start decapitating, some of them come off pretty easy. Some it's like squishing a watermelon. Ugh. Nice. Others are on pretty thick and there's a squelching as you cut through them. Mm. Here, I hope you're not listening to this on your lunch break. <laughs> Soraya and Twin Talent. In this back room here, back cavern, this small cavern bears no signs of excavation or mining. Its walls are thickly crusted and black with grimy stone. Well-gnawed bones of many dwarves lie scattered about this room in heaps. So this is probably the lair of the dude with the beard, I'm guessing? That is a good guess. Can you two please give me a perception check? A secret perception check, if possible. I have a number from Soraya. I also have a number from Twin Talon. Okay, so as you are both looking around in this area, you kind of bump heads and you reach down and see that there is a worn parchment and it's written in a language I don't know if either of you speak. Let me see. Twin Talon doesn't. Soraya doesn't. So I'm going to type. It's probably Dwarven and Noah. So I do know someone in the party does speak it. My money's on it. I know lots of things. Do, do, do. Coming on down. She's multilingual, I believe. <laughs> She's a very cunning linguist. Mm, she is. Soraya can attest. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> can anyone read what I just typed? I know Knife Sword can understand it. Ooh, you look at it and it just looks like weird anvil shapes. Uh, looks like they're talking about a recipe. It's got <laughs> bread and mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> and sauce and eggs. <laughs> Not my cup of sauce recipe. That's a weird thing for this guy to have in his secret lair. Well, I wasn't the one who wrote it, so. Especially for an undead to have, they don't tend to eat. Or at least not, you know, normal foods. Food for the living. Yeah. Well, maybe he got real bored. He was like, I, I gotta come up with something to pass the time in this dark shithole, you know? All right. Well, if that's what it is, uh, I guess it's trash. And Twintown will ball it up and just throw it in the corner. Has Knife Sword looked at it yet? <laughs> well, Ooh told us what it was. Why would I believe that Ooh would lie to us about what's on the parchment? <laughs> well, there was that time where she felt the wind, the sea wind down here, lead her in a direction. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Maybe a bit of skepticism. Also, Brianna is currently praying over all the bodies because, <laughs> yes, she's not part of this conversation. This is Haya asking. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> all right. So, Rob, would you like to go pick up the crumpled up piece of paper now? Does it look tasty? Oh, no. It's well worn. So it has been seasoned by the ages. Mm -hmm. I'll give it a sniff. All right. It does not smell magical, but it does have writing on it that you can read. Oh, all right. I'll read it. So it says, Dear Falrock, please meet with me in the atrium of the Temple of All Gods at the first forge hour. I'll read it out loud in the original language. Oh, God. No, so none of us can understand it. Someone within Kovlar has been interfering with my plans, and I believe that you should remain on high alert from the intruder. There are five of these intruders. One elf with a weird bird. Oh. 
two green skins and two humans. I have no idea what this means. I give it to Twintel and I'm like, I, I don't know. You make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it was a sandwich or sauce recipe? Uh, I mean, if you make your sandwiches out of a party of five, sure. What? I do. Look, this, this sandwich calls for an elf, two green people, some weird bird, and a couple of humans, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, didn't mention anything about bread or sauce. What does it say about all of these people that match our descriptions, Knife Sword? Oh, it um, says they're coming somewhere and that they should be on um, high alert. I mean, is that some kind of dressing? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Sounds spicy. Please read it aloud in common. <laughs> uh, Dorvish, 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 Dorvish. <laughs> Translate, my friend. <laughs> okay, I'll try. Hey, you guys, there's some peoples coming our way. <laughs> Keep your eyes out. Don't screw this up. There's more than four, but less than six. And... Three are ugly, two are a beautiful green, and yep, that's it. <laughs> wow. And what language is it in? Um, not goblin. It's written in dwarvish. I know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know that. Okay. <laughs> He's role-playing, Sean. <laughs> what is that? I know. We had that question earlier in this episode. In this episode? It's where you favor an episode because you're related to it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Note to self, learn dwarfen. Oh, yeah. Maybe I should learn that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so did I hear something about a, a recipe? Is anybody else hungry? If I think works up my appetite. At the end of the letter, it is signed by Ilzra Embermead. Uh, wait a minute. There's some kind of sub postscript on here. It says, uh, is this embalming need? I don't know. Ah! <laughs> is there like a house sigil or something on there that we would be able to recognize? You know, like the signet of their guild. There's the sign of the Scarlet Triad on it. Well, haven't we already dealt with Embermead? Yeah, she is controlling the Droska faction. We've heard of her. Yes. We haven't actually talked to her yet. I don't think. No, you have not met her. I wonder what an ember mead is. Amber mead? Maybe they misspelled amber mead. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. De- definitely, definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, an ember mead? I mean, you can't have a fire in a liquid. Flambe begs to disagree. It could be a name, perhaps? I mean, you really want to talk, Knife Sword. I say this with love. Knife Sword, Dark Hole, Seagull Teeth. You're really going to complain about the name ember mead? I mean, that's just two words put together. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's not a name. She will stare at him. The goblin who's jammed all scary words to him together <laughs> to create his name. It's just that, like, it's the look directly at the camera from the office. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything else on here, Sean? Uh, yes, I was actually just typing to you. Twin Talon notices that there's a skull on the ground, and it's the only one that has a little glint in its eye. Twin Talon rubs his temples. He's like, please, please don't be what I think it is. And uh, Twin Talon's going to pick up the skull and look in the eye. You hear a rattling inside the skull. Twin Talon will turn the skull so it's face down and kind of shake it into his hand. See if he can get whatever's in there rattling around out. A very polished silver key falls into your hand. Oh. What were you afraid of? I thought it was... You know what? Never mind. 
So when Talon just toss it in the corner. The skull, I assume? Yeah, the key. <laughs> no, no, the skull, yeah. Sucks <laughs> the key to The stupid key's out of the skull. Now it's fine. Yeah, trash. I'm knife sword. No, I'm knife sword. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're like 30 toed tons or something. I don't know. <laughs> So Twin Talon's going to toss the skull and hold the key up and be like, I'm not sure what this is to since we don't have any frame of reference, but it's a key to something. Now there's no doors here. That we can see. I haven't seen any. I've been looking. Oh, I trust your eyes. If it's not something here, I'm assuming having to do with their relationship with Embermead or possibly to this other place. Was the Temple of All Gods where we were supposed to go, but we had to take care of this guy first? Yes, the Temple of All Gods is where you want to go. That's where the king said the usurper is. However, in order to make it there without having to do a million billion random encounters, you had to pick one of these paths to make it easier. So maybe this starved our do spend time in the Temple of All Gods. Maybe that's what it's for. Something over there. Well, we have a key, like you said. Might as well hold on to it. It's one less door you have to lockpick, right? I have a question, Sean. If we were to try and look at the key and see if it's forged in any particular style, if it's got any kind of embellishments to it, and try to remember if it matches anything else we've seen, would that be an architecture role? I'll give you architecture lore. Sure. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Christine. Let's do it. Ah, roll the natural one. No! Take my hero point. (laughs) Okay, here we go. 26. It doesn't look like it's a key to anything you've seen so far. The key itself is larger than you would expect a key to be, and you haven't seen any large doors like that around. Can I detect magic on it? Sure. No magic is coming from anywhere. Man, how big was the skull to fit the key? Big enough. So... Like, it took up most of the skull, like, where the brain would be. Like, he had to shake it a lot to kind of angle it to come down. Okay. Who's going to pick up the skull and use it as a puppet for a while? Hello, everyone! Ha-ha! Oh, sorry, preserve. <laughs> Just be really annoying. <laughs> Serenity preserve us. Uh, <laughs> that's why she was praying. you just hacking up bodies of this. Like, oh, God. It happens. It happens. It's it's understandable. Makes sense to want them to come back to life if they're undead. Yeah, exactly. But in the events that they aren't, Brianna figure just to make sure they're blessed. and Dot the I's, cross the T's. Yeah, exactly. You do know that you were fighting a ghoul, so it's not necessarily... A bad idea. No, uh, 100%. Ghouls beget ghouls. All right, well, we've taken out this dude. Should we head over to the Temple of All Gods? Yeah. Let's go. You ever watch Bob's Burgers? Gene is, has this little girl group, and he, they're like, girls being girls being girls being girls. I'm just thinking, <laughs> yeah. ghouls being ghouls being ghouls being ghouls. <laughs> There's nothing going on up there, guys. It's just dancing cats. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Also, I forgot to mention, Christine, even though Brianna healed you to full. Oh, I'm still hungry. You're not just hungry. You're hangry at this point. So, you know. So you guys are going to head off to the Temple of the All Gods? Yes. I think that's the plan. So you look at the map that Lou has and find your way to the Temple of the All Gods. Is this like Allspice kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
The looming facade or facade or facade. Facady. Facady. <laughs> the looming facady of this towering cathedral. <laughs> Please don't stop listening. Please, God, <laughs> listeners, stay. <laughs> All right. The looming facade of this towering stone cathedral is decorated with carvings that show a powerful dwarven hero in various acts defeating all manner of strange monsters single-handedly building a huge stone structure and forging powerful weapons. A pair of curving stairs rise up to meet a looming iron double door in the middle of the building, and a nest of some sort of crafted rubble and bone lies sprawled between the two stone stairwells. Is there any way we can try to surmise what kind of creature would have made the nest from looking at it? Uh, sure. Give me a, I'm going to say nature, but let me just double, double toil and tubble. Yes, nature or arcana, actually. Let's go with arcana. And that's still going to be a blind jam roll. Oops. That's okay. That's fine. That's how it's supposed to be. But I also want to look at the carvings, maybe. I, I don't know if that's really my wheelhouse, but just in case. The carvings are too far away from y'all right now, honestly, because they're like on the walls over here and you guys are at the end of this walkway. Okay, so Soraya, Knife Sword and Twin Talon. Brianna, you think this is a penguin nest? Guys, I don't know how they're all the way down here, but that's definitely a penguin nest. Penguin. <laughs> it's a penguin nest. Soraya, Knife Sword, and Twin Talon. You all feel like this is a Mukaradi? M-U-K-R-A-D-I. Mukaradi. Yes, that. A nest for one of those. <laughs> well, what is that? Yeah, that doesn't ring a bell. What is that? Come on, you guys don't know? Uh, anyway, so there are neutral gargantuan beasts that are fearsome centipede-like creatures. They are three-headed predators with a devastating array of breath weapons. There is a Darklands version of them rumored to exist. It is said that these variants have black scales and all of their heads spew a black acidic goo that animates before being reabsorbed by the Macardis. Macradi. Macradi. Whew, it's only Macradi. He scared me. I thought it was feathery sea torpedoes of death. Okay. <laughs> Yes, thank goodness. Yeah, Macrotis are giant insects with three heads and uh, breath weapons. There might be a Darklands version, which is where we are, right? Or we're close to the Darklands? Yeah, but she said penguin. I mean, penguins are horrifying. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Wait, so you're saying this is not a penguin nest? My dear, I've never seen a penguin that size. Thank gosh. If it was penguins, I would be out. This would be like a 20 foot long centipede. It is disgusting. Oh, they're kind of cute. Okay. Knife sword, you go pet the centipede. We are going to go. Maybe we should sneak past it. Okay. Knife sword, don't actually do that. Don't do that. Sean's preventing me from moving. <laughs> As he goes to walk toward it, I'm going to hook a finger in the back of his shirt collar. So his feet just keep walking on the, on the ground, but He's not going anywhere. Brianna will open the backpack and offer for Twin Town to scoop him up and put him in there. Oh, I thought you were just going to be like, knife sword, knife sword, backpack. You want to go the backpack? Go the backpack. Uppies, let's go. <laughs> Always bringing some levity to our adventures. Always. In the face of danger, levity. I'm in danger. Except we record on Sundays, so we need to do unlevitied comedy. Is that what it is? Uh, uh, boom, boom, knocking them out. All right. 
Knife sword in the backpack. Here we go. Wait, I didn't want a nappy sock. <laughs> Still see. I don't want to have a nap. I don't. I don't. You don't have to go to sleep. Just, just poke your head out. It will be safer. <laughs> Stay in the backpack. He's already munching on a couple of tarts. 30 seconds later, snoring from the backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still holding on to him. What the hell happened? <laughs> it's like a parrot. Like when you scruff a kitten. Oh. It just goes limp. If this is what we're going to be facing, I guess attempting to sneak past that would certainly be the, the best way. Guys, I got an idea. I got an idea. Oh, oh no. What, what, what is it? Oh. Hit it with some addle brain. I mean, do we have any more? And we'd have to put it into a fire. Yeah, let's let's light a torch. We could make an Adelbrain torch. I guess so, but I feel like we're going to smoke ourselves out before we hurt anybody else. I would rather not face combat unless strictly necessary, because the Adelbrain will only slow it down. We will still have to deal with it. We do have Adelbrain left, though. You have 20 doses of Adelbrain left. Jeez. Oh, see, I have two in my personal position. I assume the rest is in the group loot. Yeah, I'm looking in the group loot. You have 20. <laughs> Hilarious. You guys could have a real good night. <laughs> if we run into it, we can try to smoke it like you would a hive of bees. But I think the general idea is to try and avoid it as much as possible. Shall we cautiously move closer? Yeah, I think so. Especially, I think we should look at these reliefs, maybe. See what we can learn about this hero figure. All right, hang on a second. Everyone stop. Everybody back up. No. You're going to want to. So just to make my brain not hurt... I would like to roll initiative for movement. That does not bode well. <laughs> it's probably fine. <laughs> okay. Probably. You can use either stealth or perception to make your initiative roll. Let's go. Rob, you get a plus four if you use stealth because you ducked into the backpack. You all hear a flushing sound from within the backpack. Oh, God. <laughs> a flushing sound? Should he install plumbing? And he installed a stove. Why not? We're <laughs> back. Can you um, roll initiative for me, please? Either perception or stealth, your choice. And then you hear the sound of running water at, like someone's washing their hands. I mean, at least he washed his hands. There's a sign in there. All employees must wash their hands before returning to work. So. Yeah. <laughs> but what's weird is he stood there the first time for like ever waiting for an employee to come in and wash his hands for him. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Makes sense. Who works in there? All right. <laughs> what did you guys get for initiative, starting with Christine? I got a 35. Hiya. Brianna is very distracted with the fact that she's hearing running water out of her backpack and is probably like trying to take a peek in there and rolled a 22. All right. Heidi. 34. Matt. 30. And Rob. 23. 23. That's a natural one. Ow. And with our critical initiatives, that means you only get two actions your first round of combat. He's distracted by the fact that he got the ends of his sleeves all wet when he was washing his hands. <laughs> yeah, but there's no combat actually starting yet, so there's no reason to worry. All right, Soraya, Christine, you are going first. You have three actions. You can do as normal. Normal combat rules apply. I'm using stealth, so I'm going to creep forward. Okay. This is my first action. And what is your stealth DC? My stealth DC is 30. Her stealth DC? It's your stealth mod plus 10. Right. I'm just curious what that's for. Me too. Okay, great. So as you walk up there, you suddenly hear...
the sound of a bunch of legs crawling. No. And three heads pop out. Well, kids, it was worth a try. It's only because they have tremor sense and they can hear your footsteps. So now combat, well, it's staring at you with six eyes. Only six for an insect. That's that's not bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's six, but there's six compound eyes, and I just don't want to do the math. Ugh. Like they're like bee eyes. Mm-hmm. So good, Jillian. Got it. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Oh, that's the beehive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, come back. How you come back? You can blame it all of me. Is it intelligent? Yeah, I was gonna say. Can I like try to communicate with it? I will carry over your, actually everyone who rolled and succeeded, so Knife Sword, Soraya, and Twin Talon, I will roll over your knowledge check before. Since you all succeeded, you can all get two questions on your turn. So Christine, you can ask two questions. Is it intelligent? I will give you its stats array. It is very strong with a plus nine strength, plus zero dex, plus seven con, minus three int, plus three wisdom, plus zero charisma. Which means it has an effective intelligence of like four or five. So smart is a really dumb person. Same. What is the best way to communicate with it? It has no known languages. That's not what I asked. (laughs) I know. I'm trying to give you a statistical thing. Do the peacock spider dance with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, is there like behavioral things I could do to convey? No. Can I roll nature? Like to try and like... It is technically a beast, so I guess you could... uh, I'm trying to look up animal, like how you can communicate. It is a nature skill. You have to be trained in nature. Okay, I will m- attempt a nature check against a DC determined by the GM. It'll be normally the animals will DC, but circumstances might adjust. So I will let you attempt this, but it'll take two actions. Unfortunately, I've only taken one. Oh, that was only 16. Um, 20. 20 versus its will DC is not enough. Can I hero point it? It is a d20 roll, so absolutely. It was a three on the die. It'll be hard to do worse. Not impossible, but... It was a three on the die because I'm not taking the natural wood. Well, you did worse. Yeah, so you use the better of the two. And with a 20, that is still a failure. Not a critical failure? Oh, you had to say that. It is a critical failure. All right, so it's going to attack you when it gets a turn. Next up is... Ooh. All right. I am, um, eh, what the hell? I'm a run. Oh, I'm going to, uh, am I raging right now? Uh, no, you are not. I would like to rage. And then I would like, what is that called? Uh, where I, I run and jump them. <laughs> I wish I remember words. Uh, sun charge. Yes. That's the word for that. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Run and jump their bones. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not really my type. But for 35. Her rolls are not great. 35 will miss. I just appreciate that we have found the definition of legs for days that does not turn (laughs) on. For the win. I would like to hero point that. Please. And I'm going to try that again. Here we go. Hey. 16 on the die for a 43. That is a hit. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. 22 damage. All right. That 
hits. Just my hot orc girlfriend coming to my rescue because I pissed off the centipede monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Not my boo. <laughs> and is there anything else you'd like to do? You raged and you charged, so I think that's all three. Sudden, sudden charge is two actions, and the rage be- is part of that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right, and I'm going to go ahead and strike again, because I can. Get him. All right. Oh, yeah. 18 <laughs> on the die for a 40. That is a hit. All right. All right, all right, all right. 26. Damage. 22 slashing four. Oh, and I get, oh, I didn't take my martial stance. It's all right. Next time. All right. Matt, it is your turn. Ugh. Okay. So it'll be two movements to get up adjacent to this monstrosity nightmare creature, and then Twin Talon will attack it. Uh-huh. And it should be off guard because Ooh is there. And your stealth, technically. I mean, I don't, not really, but it hasn't gone yet in combat. Yeah. So anything that hasn't gone yet is off guard to me, even if Ooh wasn't there. What the fuck is happening? That's the second natural one I've rolled. Jeez. Yowie. <sighs> okay. All right. I'm going to use my hero point. Mm. Yeah, we've we've already been pretty natural one heavy. Let's try that again. 36. So that is a miss. Okay. Yeah, I rolled an eight, which is certainly better than a one, but nothing to write home about. All right. That's my turn. Move twice. Swing once. It's now the creature's turn. So I will let you know that... It rolled a natural one, so it only gets two actions. Wow, it rolled a natural one, and it's still before both Dive Sword and Brianna. So it's middle head. Looks like fire. Because the three heads look like green, red, and blue, so I'm guessing like acid, fire, lightning. Yes, you are correct. So the first attack will be from its green head, and it's going to bite at Twin Talon. Okay. So... Because you use stealth for your initiative, you become hidden. Okay. But I rolled a flat check to hit you, which was a 19. So I do hit you with that. And then my attack to hit you was a 38. That's a hit. I'm sorry, you guys are too far to liberate and I've not acted yet, so. Yeah, it's first round of combat. So that's 42 points of damage. So that is eight piercing and 15 acid. Then its second attack is going to be against the person who actually, you know, woke it up from its nice little nappy nap with its middle head, which is red. And that's going against Soraya. That is an eight on the die for a 37. Ah, well, my AC is 34. So, so you are going to take actually not as much as I was hoping. You're going to take 27 points of piercing, nine points of fire. Darn, I was hoping the poison head could attack me and I could finally use my poison resistance. But you do have a ring of fire resistance. I do, so I'm only taking, what, four points of fire? Oh, is it uh, resistance 10? Yes. Sweet. So you're taking no fire. That is it for its turn. I'd say that's not a bad go. All right. And Rob, it is now Knife Sword's turn. You only get two actions, don't forget. But I got two questions. First question, what are its turn-ons? Long legs that let you take long walks and spicy food. Okay, okay, okay. That, That sort of feeds into my second question. So if we were on a date and we were going to a Mwangi barbecue and the check came, who picks it up? You would because it would thrash around. Okay, okay, okay. All right. 
Interesting. Okay. Also, uh, Matt, you have two questions you can ask about it. Okay. I would like to know if it has any resistances. Sure. Resistances. It's resistant to acid for 20 points, electricity for 20 points, and fire for 20 points. Makes sense. Also, I'd like to point out that somehow we found the definition of Lakes for Days that turns Knife Sword on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, does it have any special attacks? Oh boy, does it. All right, so we'll start with the free action called Partitioned Anatomy. The trigger is if it would be confused, paralyzed, slowed, or stunned, it confines the debilitating effect to a certain portion of its nervous system, ignoring the effect but causing a maw of its choice to go dormant for the effect's duration. That maw can't be used for strike or breath weapons during that time. The ability can't be used if all of the heads are dormant. As a reaction, if a creature scores a critical hit on the creature, so if you critically hit it, its breath weapon recharges automatically and it can use its breath weapon immediately as part of its reaction. Ugh, gross. It can't use this reaction again until it recharges its breath weapon naturally. It has three different breath weapons, clearly. I pick a maw and each creature within the area must attempt a DC 36 reflex save. Actually, that's a little higher than that. And it can't use its breath weapon again for 1d4 rounds. The acid has a 10 foot wide, 60 foot line. Dealing 16d6 acid. Flame is a 60 foot cone of fire, dealing 16d6 fire. Or shocking does a 120 foot line of electricity, dealing 16d6 electricity. Pull apart. Two actions. The creature makes two strikes with different maws against the same target. If both hit, the target takes an extra 2d12 plus 13 slashing with a DC 36 basic fortitude save. On a critical failure, the creature is torn into pieces and dies. The multiple attack penalty only increases after all attacks are made. And then Thrash strikes once against each creature within its reach. It can strike once with each maul, once with its tail lash, and any number of times with its legs. Each attack takes a minus two circumstance penalty and counts towards multiple attack penalty, but the multiple attack penalty doesn't increase until after all the attacks are made. It can trample creatures that are huge or smaller, and it can use one action to knock down. Fun, 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 fun. All right, Rob, you still have uh, two actions. Okay, going to cast Suggestion. All right, let me make a will save. So this isn't going to be so much as in words as just a general sense of go away. I succeed with a 39. And it doesn't do anything. All right, Haya, it is Brianna's turn. Brianna is going to have to double move to get up there. Hello, I'm in the Marshall's aura, and as her final action, she's gonna swing, I guess. All right. And as she's like running into doing so, she's like, are we sure we couldn't try just to feed it or something? Aren't you good with animals? She'll ask Twin Talon. Do you know how much a thing this size would eat? Well, it's worth a try. A lot of tacos. (laughs) It's a lot of tacos, maybe like an elephant or something. I don't have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. They saw me run. How's the 40, Sean? That's a hit. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, she does, I think, 15 then? 15 points of, yeah, 15 points of damage. That's my turn. All right. That's the end of round one. So it is the top of round two, which means it's Soraya's turn. However, we, uh, 
you know, mm. we all have issues with creepy crawly things. So, well, I have issues with creepy crawly things. So I'm going to take a, about a week off before I let you guys continue this. Lovely. Checks out. <laughs> of course. Thanks. All right. Well, don't let the bag bug spike or whatever. Bye. Stay tuned for sexy times. Yeah, don't let them. Don't let the macrati bite. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I have a story about a centipede. I should tell Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Crack Die Podcast. Please visit us at crackdiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Epidemic Sound. Please visit them at epidemicsound.com. The Cracked Eye podcast theme was composed by Angelo DiLoretto. He is forever missed. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in breathing life into this production. We do not know where we'd be without them. If you'd like to join our Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. <laughs>